Welcome to a very special Uprooted from Oakland podcast uh, video stream. Today we are just doing an A's fan video diary um, where we're going to talk to fans about why they are f- fans of this team and um, some share some special stories, some special memories, because we are still have not had a vote in Las Vegas as of right this second, as of recording. Um, the Senate could still do something tonight, but it's not likely. Um, and then the Assembly has already adjourned for the day. So there's definitely not going to be a final vote for today, um, like we, some people had expected. Um, and we've got the, the big reverse boycott tomorrow. So this is kind of a, a lead up to the reverse boycott. Um, if you have not been following that, how the hot dog guy um, to put out a, a cool graphic earlier this evening, talking about some of the chants that they've got organized for um, throughout the game. So I definitely encourage you to go find those. And um, I should have added them to this, but I didn't. Um, so that's it. So if you are interested in participating in this, there's a link in the description to this video on YouTube. If you're watching on Twitter, you got to switch over to YouTube. But in the description, there is a, a a link that you click. Once you click that, you'll enter your name. You will be put into the queue. And then I will introduce you and bring you on to the um, to the video. And I just want you to answer two questions. Uh, why are you a fan? And what are your favorite stories from this team uh, from your perspective? You know, like special memories of, you know, it could be even a losing game or whatever, but they're the, the reasons that we like the Oakland A's. And uh, we're not going to talk about Fisher or Cavill or Manford because that just makes us angry. And uh, we, we have other episodes to do that kind of stuff. But you know, this should be a celebration of the Oakland days and hopefully something that will tug on the heartstrings of the people who actually make decisions and will uh, convince them to do the right thing here. I know for me, like I've said it on this podcast a lot, I am, uh, I was born in 81. So I was of the perfect age for the, uh, the 89 world series, right? An eight year old watching Ricky Henderson and Jose Canseco and Mark McGuire and Dave Stewart and all these guys, Carney Lansford and Terry Steinbeck and Dennis Eckersley, all these guys were like, they're huge, right? They are, they are, even though ones that aren't hall of famers are uh, like critical parts of that era of baseball. And so I was the perfect age to gravitate towards that. And we used to get free tickets by uh, submitting two UPC symbols from a uh, box of Kellogg cereal, you could get a free ticket to the nosebleeds. And so we'd accumulate those and we'd go to four or five games a summer um, with those free tickets. And you'd sit up in the nosebleeds and my dad would be watching to see which seats weren't taken in the third deck or whatever. And you'd walk down there and, you know, or not the third deck, in, in the bottom, and you'd walk down there during the third inning and, and get a better seat. And so I got to see firsthand all these great players that, you know, were winning championships and stuff. And so that, you know, cemented me for life. Um, I don't know. It's just, it, it has been like, I've said it a thousand times on this podcast. It has been a, a, uh, an important part, not only of something just for me to do as a hobby to follow the A's, but all the people I've met along the way, all the friends I've made, um, going to games or, you know, via A's Twitter and stuff like that. And then all the people that you meet along the way that you feel a little bit closer to, because it's, uh, for much of my fandom here, we have been in the minority, you know, in the Bay area, you are a Giants fan or an A's fan. You're rarely both. And, you know, for the last 20 years or so, it's 
leaned heavily into the Giants. So it's like you you show up to work one day and you find out there's an A's fan there and you guys have an instant bond because of that. And so like that's important to me. And there's a sense of community tied into this team that you just don't see pretty much in any other kind of setting, right? You know, you could be a, a, a hobbyist in a thousand different things, but the community that, that centers on a baseball team and particularly this community, I think is really different than any other kind of community out there. And that's special. And that's why uh, I love this team and, and, and the people that support it. That's just me. I'm not going to talk much today. We've got first up uh, Joshua here. He's going to share his thoughts on stuff. And um, this would be a good time if you'd like to jump in to get in the queue. Like I said, the link is in the YouTube description of this video. All right, let's take it, Josh. Uh, thank you. Yeah, got me the rookie jersey, hoping for the best at the end of this. And um, I'm an A's fan because of the history, just the overall history of the organization. But the games I've gone to uh, in Oakland, uh, 89 was my first game. I remember my first A's memorabilia. I say this to everybody all the time. Jose Canseco's 40-40 uh, poster. I mean, I remember it like it was yesterday. And uh, him can, and McGuire, Canseco and McGuire were just, I mean, to me as a four-year-old, I was born in 84, and these guys were just like gods. And, you know, just to me, I looked up to those guys and besides what happened later on in the 2000s, but at the time, I just I just fell in love with the whole organization and reading upon the rich history back to Philadelphia. But yeah, you know, my favorite memories got to be, you know, I mean, I don't know, we're like the kings of walk-offs. You know, some of the walk-off games I've gone to, I think it was 2008, I went to uh, when Ellis, I think it was a grand slam, hit it off the foul pole. One of the walk-offs was against the, the Giants, I think, oh, oh, 05, around there. But plenty of, of, of wonderful walk-offs and just uh, one of the best memories I had. I missed it, though, because I didn't have cable at the apartment I was at, and I had to leave my parents' house. But I remember seeing just the highlights of the 2012 LDS walk-off Coco Crisp, and I'm thinking it was over. Um, I had to leave my dad's house, and it's time for me to go back home. And just the euphora of that stadium, and it's I can't wait for for tomorrow because uh, I think you know the euphora is going to be even greater tomorrow. Just the atmosphere. I'm going to bring some some people with me, a few who are Giant fans, and, you know, that, those are my memories of being an Ace fan. I still got, you know, a few of my – I got my Ace Cup right here. I'm ready to go. And just, you know, glad to be an Ace fan, be part of the Ace community and family. Thank you, Joshua. Um, couldn't agree more. It's a good community to be a part of. Um, we've got some people in the chat. Uh, Rainbow Mode says, the Oakland A's have the most eclectic fan base, intellectuals, working class, you name it. I've always said they're the smartest fan base too because 
we had to learn about analytics and all that kind of stuff uh, to justify some of the the craziness that we've seen over the last couple of decades. And now we're having to learn about Nevada legislative process and all that kind of stuff so that we can navigate this whole stupid thing. So the Oakland A's fan base is definitely does not shy away from uh, doing a little research and spending hours and hours and hours online watching uh, legislatures debate. Uh, e nobody who was a guest a few weeks ago says I'm an A's fan because no other sports brand is near as interesting. That's true. So there's a lot of good stories in this brand. There's a, a lot of characters, a lot of stuff attributed to them too. And I mean, you've got, uh, you've got an era where Mrs. Fields of Mrs. Fields cookies is a ball girl or bat girl or whatever she was. And MC hammer got his name from being a bat boy in Oakland and, you know, supposedly uh, crazy George invents the wave, which, you know, is a, is a, uh, a, a debatable ad- advancement of sports, but I like it. And uh, I don't care what Steve Croner says on Twitter. It's a fun way for fans to interact with the game, but all that stuff comes back into the Oakland days and, and, and white cleats and facial hair and all that stuff. You know, that's, you could, you could take baseball away from it, take all the world series and all the hall of fame caliber players. And you still got uh, a pretty interesting story coming out of Oakland. Uh, Denver Doyle says, my dad took me to games all the time as a kid from late 90s to early 2000s. Favorite memory was Tejada walking off to win 18 games in a row against the Twins. Loudest I've ever heard the Coliseum. Uh, The A's were always the team that filled that void against the big market teams, the perpetual underdog. Yeah. Not much more underdog than they are this year, but it's true. Um, if you are just uh, watching, make sure to join us. Get in the, uh, click that link at the bottom of the, in the description on the YouTube page and uh, join us, share your thoughts. You don't need to go on video. Just, I just need the audio. Um, I'm checking Twitter. There is nothing new to report. There have been no votes. Senate has not convened. Um, we're just doing our thing right now. Whoops, I've got the wrong banner up here. Um, I guess I'll bring back Josh until we get somebody else in so we can chat a little bit. Welcome back, Josh. We got eh. we're waiting waiting for more people to join in here. Yeah. So what are your thoughts then? I guess we can talk about real stuff for a second. What are your <laughs> thoughts? You're going to the game tomorrow, I assume. What are you uh what do you think the mood's gonna be there? I mean, it is kind of like a bittersweet. Uh-oh thing you know but i i think it's going to be a mixture of feelings there's going to obviously going to be uh, a little bit of emotion anger you're going to have people basically talon fisher cabal and the rest of them will be how we how we feel and i think there's people that are going to just enjoy the moment and be there to support the a's and and them keep staying in oakland i, mean, I know a few giant fans who want to keep the A's. I mean, why wouldn't they? I mean, you're going to lose the Bay Bridge series if the A's go to Las Vegas. It's not going to mean as much anymore. So I'm inviting a few Giant fans to go with me to the game. 
And I think it's just going to be, like I said, a mixture. I can't really pinpoint. It's like they always say, you know, in the Super Bowl or the the World Series, you know, it's just a, a plethora of feelings. Yeah. And I think hard to describe how people, I think, exactly. I think it's, it's a mixture. It'll be cool. And I think uh, I yeah. mentioned earlier that Hal had put up some – their game plan for tomorrow and most of it first batter at the beginning of the top of each inning they're they're going to chant sell the team first batter at the beginning of the bottom of each inning they're going to chant stay in oakland and that's nice. going to be to the tune of let's go oakland so you get the clapping and all and then for the first batter at the beginning of the top of the fifth to honor 55 years in oakland and to protest the move everyone stands up but be completely silent for the entire at bat i've always thought um that being completely silent as a total group, a full stadium is the best kind of thing you could do. I've always thought we, we should have been doing that like during uh, the top of innings forever, right? Crowd goes nuts when the A's are up, when Detroit Tigers are up dead silence. Cause that will mess with, that would have messed with right. Justin Verlander way more than crowd noises. He gets crowd noise everywhere, but they're not oh, yeah. used to dead silence, you know? So that would have been uh, cool. So I th- I'm looking forward to seeing that tomorrow with, at the fifth inning. Well, um, is just like any other uh, big game performer. I mean, they just some people thrive under that condition. Mm-hmm. We got nobody in the uh, chat. It says cotton uniforms, facial hair, free agency, the DH, steroids, PEDs, <laughs> analytics, and the first ever fan funded giveaway. This is the flagship of innovation in its field. Well, the analytics actually started not with Beam, but uh, Sandy Ellerson. 90, I think 92, I believe, when they actually had to start reloading. Mm-hmm. Um, I read that, and I think I told you about that book I emailed you called Champions. Yeah. By Glenn Dickey and a Ford by, I think, Joe Morgan is one, and Vita Blue. And just uh, all around great information on some of the dynasties. I mean, I wouldn't call the early 2000s Moneyball era a dynasty. Mm-hmm. It depends on how you look on it, at it, but just the dynasty of the seventies, late eighties, and but yeah, they had to start reloading because I mean you have to start reloading soon in any organization. The, the Niners did it in the late eighties. I mean, before Rice was Dwight Clark, right? And before Brent Jones was Russ Francis. So each organization you have to reload, mm-hmm. and um, apparently <laughs> Walter Haas. Uh, good of a soul he was uh said he couldn't let him go he 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 just he loved them like 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 his children like his own and but that's when they had to start reloading and that's when sandy allerson i believe went to the analytical and of course we got ken hoffman hoffman and steve schott who decided to totally cut payroll and they're like oh well, we're not going to be like charlie finley trust us trust us <laughs> yeah that didn't I mean, turn out <laughs> right the way they plan. compared to uh Fisher. I mean, it apples to oranges, but yeah, they made some big risky si- or some signings. I mean, they signed Chavez. I think that was the last big signing we had, mm-hmm. but that kind of didn't turn out. <laughs> he was injured too much. Yeah. Rainbow Maid said, my first A's experience was opening day 1971 against the White Sox. It was a doubleheader, believe it or not. They dropped both games. Didn't matter. I was in love. 
that is crazy to me that they did opening day doubleheaders. Mm-hmm. That's nuts. But uh, it was a different time back there. They probably had the same pitcher start both games too. Like you know, <laughs> things were crazier back then. 2009, I went to a doubleheader. The A's actually had a doubleheader against the Angels. Oh, really? Yeah. It was like 2009 or 10. I don't know. I, I just remember the second game, Rich Harden was pitching. Hmm. I know they had one. Well, I don't know if actually it was a doubleheader. They had a rain out, I think, uh, opening day of 15. 14, 14, I think, maybe. Or 13 or 14, somewhere in there. And they might have had a a doubleheader that opening day, too. Of course, that 1971 season was their first of the dynasty years. They got Mm -hmm. first place in their division and then uh, went to the ALCS. from the chat, my A's conversion. Given a ticket to the 2001 ALDS, lost my A's virginity to the Jeter flip. I am obviously a glutton for punishment. Oh, <laughs> that is a, a brutal first game for. <laughs> yeah, aren't we all? Yeah, it's like being like my first game was the 2014 wild card. It's like, oh, why did you come back? So asking, asking uh, E nobody in the chat who just said that. Uh, did Giambi was 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 it really an out or was it safe? From your perspective, being at the game, was it an out or was it safe? Let us know in the chat. Well, I remember just seeing the the replay. He was safe. Oh yeah, I've always thought it was. Yeah, I mean uh, he. But it was two thousand one, and obviously, you know, sports and politics. People don't think think that politics and sports don't mix sometimes, mm-hmm. but they do. It was. Yeah. You know, we had nine eleven that year, unfortunately. I think I don't know. I think they wanted the Yankees to go to the World Series. I mean, I just remember there's the Yankees in the World Series, and then obviously the Super Bowl Patriots. Right. And you know, go figure. I mean, what do you call that? That word, uh, propaganda. <laughs> I think it's called. It was it was patriotism in two thousand one. Yeah, we've definitely changed it since then. <laughs> All right, so we got another person who wants to jump in here and chat. So we're going to bring in Matt to share his uh, why he's a fan and uh, what some special story that he's got. Welcome, Matt. Hey, what's going on, Tony? Man, thanks, man. I found you on Twitter a couple months back, man. I just can't get enough of all the good content you put out there, man. I um, just want to say, man, I've been a diehard A's fan since I can remember. Uh, I'm 41 years old, born and raised East Bay, Pittsburgh. And I've been going to A's fans, like I mean A's games, excuse me, since I can remember. And I got a ton of memories. One of them was like in '87 when Reggie's last year was with us. And um, I remember sitting in the bleachers because my mom and dad always brought me, my brother, and my sister. And my brother, he's part of the right field crew to the games. I remember my mom and dad were always pointing out, that's Reggie Jackson, that's Reggie Jackson. And uh, <laughs> I didn't know who the hell the guy was at the time, you know what I mean? But as I got older, I was like, oh, okay, I saw Reggie Jackson play. So, that was one of my best memories. And, you know, losing in 88 to the Dodgers and Kirk Gibson broke my heart. But then my dad says, Matt, they're going to come back next year. You watch. Came back next year. And that was just, man, that was some good times, those A squads, man. You know, Conseco, McGuire, Hendu, Ricky, man, when we traded him for the Yankees. And that's a big thing coming from the Yankees, bro. I mean, we pulled a blockbuster trade in the 80s like that, man. So, you know, and Eck and Stu and all those guys. I mean, it was just like, that was good times. And then, you know, when they got rid of Conseco and they started to go downhill and the strike happened, it kind of just 
made me like um, lose my love for baseball. You know what I mean? So just kind of was like, eh, you know, I started turning my attention to football and things like that. But, you know, when I got into high school, you know, the A's, you know, everyone remembers those dark years of the A's from like 96 to like 98, you know. I remember they would have those, it was dollar tickets, dollar hot dogs, and dollar soda. So me and a bunch of my boys, we'd go, we'd get those dollar tickets in the third deck and dollar hot dogs and dollar sodas. So that was kind of fun. So, but I was still, you know, I was still an A's fan, but at the same time, I was more into football, you know what I mean? Because it was just like, eh, you know, the A's weren't that good, but. In the spring of 99, halfway through my junior year, um, I developed heart disease and um, I had to go to the hospital and I had to go to uh, I had to go to Stanford Hospital. I know I hate saying that because we all know who went to Stanford, but uh, I had to go down to the hospital and I had to have a transplant. So I'm sitting in the hospital and the doctor basically says, hey, look, you're never going to be able to play sports again, all this stuff. And I was upset. And then uh, the nurses, they were hella cool and they were just like, you know, we get A's games down here if you're an A's fan. I was like, yeah, sure. So. I started watching the A's that season in 99 and I was remember we had Tony Phillips that year and I was like oh my god I remember Tony Phillips from our championship years and, you know and, and Giambi was still coming into his own Xavi and Tejada were still you know they were still rookies in a sense but just watching those A's games in April and May those two months of my recoveries was just like wow it made me it made me find my love and that passion for A's baseball again that I had when I was you know four or five six years old and up until I was about 12, 13, before the strike happened. So that's what really made me fall in love with the A's again right there was just being in the hospital and watching, you know, my childhood team uh, start to call back to respectability, man. So they always got a special place in my heart, man. I'm going to the boycott tomorrow night, you know, looking forward to seeing some old friends. And I got a bunch of people coming. I got my wife coming with me. I got my niece, my sister, my mom and dad. I got couple friends flying for Virginia who went to high school with. So it's just going to be a, just a fun atmosphere. You know what I mean? Just there's no, there's no, I mean, football is a different thing, but when it comes to A's tailgating, man, that is a whole different beast. Cause I've been to different baseball games. I've been to Giants games, Dodger games and things like that. Cause I'm, I like baseball, but it's just the tailgating in the A's parking lot is something different, man. That's, that's one of the things I'm always going to cherish. But, uh, Man, yeah, look, I appreciate you giving me my little spiel here, man. I just want to share that with y'all about the love of A's baseball that we all have and just the town pride and things like that, man. So I really appreciate everything that you guys are doing, man. Thank you. Thank you for coming on. You mentioned that Ricky trade. Could you imagine? That would be the equivalent, I would think, today of the A's getting Aaron Judge from the Yankees. Oh, yeah. Definitely. I mean, and no like, <laughs> it's hard to believe when you look at what's going on especially this year, but even the last 10, 15, 20 years, it's hard to believe that the A's were ever the team that could pull that kind of thing off. Exactly. You know? Exactly. That, 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 that's, and, I, and like I said, when I was young, I was only like, when we got him, it was what, the middle of 89. I was only seven years old at that mm-hmm. time. So I thought it was a big thing. You know what I mean? And it's just as you got older, you realize like, man, you know, the Haas family was really our great. I mean, yeah, Finley got us those three titles and stuff, but that was just, like, uh, there's a great documentary that came out in 2003 on HBO. It's called The Rebels of Oakland. It says the A's, the Raiders in the 70s. And basically, Fingers just talked about it, man. It was like, those guys were all underpaid. And they were like, man, we just had a tremendous wealth of talent on that squad. That's how we won those three titles. Yeah. And they would have won more if they didn't let Fingers go. But it, they just had a wealth of talent on there. And those guys weren't making nothing. And Fingers even said, you know, I wasn't making nothing. He said, I was making like 29000 
He's like, if Finley would have just gave me like a $10,000 raise, I just would have signed it right there. But then he went to the Yankees and got, I forgot how much he got. I, I'd have to look it up on off the top of my head. So, but I mean, the Haas family actually gave a damn about us. You know what I yeah. mean? He cared, he cared about the community. He cared about the A's. So, man, just, ah, man, like I said. And it paid like, off. Three three straight divisions in a World Series. I mean. Exactly, man. You know, it's like, it's like, uh, it's like, um, it's like that. Like, I look. I'm fortunate enough to say, hey, I've seen that we've all seen the A's win one. You know, I mean, we've seen them one in I know I was seven years old, a lot of people, you know, older, younger. So I'm happy to least seen that. You know, there's some baseball fans, you know, like Padres, they never they've never won anything, you know. Yeah. You know, you got teams that never even won a World Series championship, you know, like Tampa Bay, for example. They've been around 25 years. They've been to two World Series, but they never won anything. So it's just uh, you know, it's fortunate that we've seen that, but it's just I was talking to my buddy today and he says something about, you know what? All you got to do is just make the the thing about A's fans is you just, yeah, we all want a championship, but just if we make the playoffs and be competitive, we'll show up. We will mm-hmm. show up, man. You know, it's like, it's like, I love baseball, but it's just like the product that they're putting out there, man, I just couldn't do it last year, man. It's like, man, I can't, can't, can't keep going through this. I understand, you know, you know, I like, with, like with Tejada, you know what I mean? We didn't give him, I, I understood that, but. We still almost made the playoffs in 04. But it's like, man, when you when you when you get rid of Olsen and Chapman and Simeon like that, it's like, well, what are, what are we doing now? You know what I mean? We're we're used to the rebuilds, we're used to shipping all, all the fans, but it's like, what are you doing now? Now are you going full tank mode? And it's like, never mind, man. man. If if you don't care anymore, then I don't care anymore, man. That, and it sucks because it's like I I wanna care, mm-hmm. but when they do things like that, it's like, well, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna put my money in that guy's pocket, you know what I mean? This, this is, this is the Bay Area. There's other things to do out here, man. That's I don't know. I hate saying that, but it's true. I mean, but I love yeah. the A's. I want to go to A's games. You know what I mean? My wife was never a baseball fan until she met me, and we've been together. We've been together ten years. We've been married a year, and one of our first dates was an A's game, and she loves it. You know, what I mean, she, she's 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 a diehard A's fan like me now. So yeah. my fiance for for our first Christmas, um, she part of my gift was she got two tickets to. Uh, I think it was opening week. It was pretty early in the season. And uh, that was the first professional baseball game she'd ever been to. Oh, like, right she hadn't been anything but like Little League before that. And My I mean, I wouldn't say kid. she's a diehard, but like we we plan to go to a couple games a season, you know, now that we got a kid and right. get him get him into it and stuff like that. But yeah, it was it's something that you definitely share with somebody. Exactly. Yeah, definitely. Like like I said, my wife and she loves A's games, man. Like she like I said, her first but I think she said she went like to like a I think her first sporting event was like a, a, a 49er or a Kings game. Cause she used to live up in Davis, but, uh, but she said, she said, I had a fun. It was, it was in, it was in 14. It was, we just came off those two straight titles, you know, or those two straight AOS titles. And it was just, you know, there was like a lot of energy in the stadium. And I was talking to a buddy of mine who I grew up down the street with a good friend of mine. We're still friends to this day. And you could kind of tell in 2014, I noticed something you, you had the old fan base, that was still there and then you started to get a new fan base i noticed there was a lot of different energy it was just a different type of energy that that april and may of 2014 that i that i did did see there that was in 12 and 13 and even in the years you know prior it was like you could tell that we were really getting ready to come back that we have something special right here and just you know when they traded cespedes man i was just like oh my god man like like i had friends try to you know, like, oh, we're getting John Lester. I'm like, it ain't, it ain't about John Lester, man. You need that, 
you need that guy like Cespedes. You need that 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 dog in your lineup. That someone that strikes fear because that guy can do something magical at the plate. You saw it in the that game in Anaheim when he threw out the runner from the track. I mean, come on, man. I was at that game. You were at that game. I was at that game, and my seats were so garbage. <laughs> That I couldn't see left field from I was I was on the right field side, but like it was an obstructed view. So uh-huh. I couldn't even see Cespedes in the corner. Uh-huh. And so <laughs> all I do, all I saw was the ball come in and the out. And then I didn't know that he bobbled it and took like two throws to do it and all that until I watched <laughs> right. the replays in the hotel afterwards. But I was at that game and it was like it was like maybe a, a very few more iconic throws from left field than right than, than that. And I was there and still managed to miss it. <laughs> right. Exactly, man. And then when you saw that, you're just like, holy crap. It's like, wait a minute. What do we got here right now, man? We, I mean, we were, we were the 80s, you know what I mean? Like, we haven't really seen anything like that, you know what I mean? Since like, you know, you know, like when like Canseco and Hendu and Ricky Henderson were patrolling the outfield, you know, mm-hmm. guys who had arms like that, man. And what he did there was like, oh, wow, we got something special right here, man. And then it's like... I never, I always liked Billy Bean because he could always, you know what I mean? He could, he could, he could make lemonade out of lemons. You know what I mean? He could, he, 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 he there'd be years back. Like, oh man, what was this lineup looking? It's like, oh wow, man, you know? So when they made that trade, I was just like, oh man, I, I don't know that, that right there really hurt. Cause you could tell like, as soon as that trade happened, we just, we went from leading the West to just barely making the playoffs that year, man. Yeah. That, and that was just tough, man. So that's what kind of, heard it and then 18 and 19 like you would just see something again it was just like i i personally believe that the front office didn't expect this 18 and 19 to get so good like that man you know what i mean because 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 you could tell there was something when we got chris davis it's like all right we got a power hitter but then you could tell it's like all right olsen and chapman if chapman could just hit olsen was pretty clutch you know he had a couple walk-off homers in his career and then as soon as we got Washington back to work with Simeon, it was like, wait a minute, we have a solid infield right here now. Yeah. You know what I mean? We just, we just, we, we, we could just maybe get a little pitching and then maybe work on the outfield. We, we got our core right there. Kind of like, kind of like how the Giants had their core all those years. Like you still look at, I mean, Brandon Crawford's been there since the first world series. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They at least held on to their guy. Buster Posey just retired, what, last year, the year before. So even though those guys probably weren't all-stars, like Crawford right now is not an all-star. They at least kept their guys like, hey, we need to keep this guy. He's part of our championship years. That way they have some fan recognition for the fans. And it's like, we, we, we don't even do that. We, we give a guy two, three, four years and it's like nothing. You know what I mean? It's like, we just get rid of them, bro. So it's just, so it's like, I like, uh, it's just, it's just, it, as the A's fans, we're used to that. We're just used to the rebuilds every so year. But when I saw what they did last year in the off season from uh, 21 going into 22 and then this last year, I was like, man, this ain't a real build. This ain't a rebuild. This is a full tank job right here, man. You know, even like at, at their worst, like even the Cespedes trade on paper, I could justify it. Yeah, um, yeah. They, and and I got where they were coming from. Now I don't. Yeah. Th- and I was. I actually spoke to someone who works for the A's, um, not long after that, maybe the next season, and he said exactly what you said. He said the reason that was a bad trade was when you had Cespedes batting behind Donaldson, you had to pitch to Donaldson. Exactly. Because you couldn't let him go get on base and bring up Cespedes. So you had to pitch to Donaldson or whoever was in front of him. And as soon as you take him out, like you were saying, there's no fear in that lineup anymore. You can pitch around guys now because you don't have, you're not worried about Cespedes coming up with a guy on base. 
Exactly. And, right. and and he said, that's why it didn't work on paper. Sure. It, it might've made sense to, because we had a deficiency in pitching. We also got a guy who couldn't throw to first base to save his life. And the Royals <laughs> knew that going into it. And that's what ended up killing it. But yeah, exactly. this, the, the last teardown um, when they got rid of all those guys, because, and I also think going back to what you said, I think they did know what they had with Matt and Chapman or Olsen <laughs> and Chapman, obviously. I think Simeon, they got lucky. Yeah. Um, that Washington was able to turn him into a gold glove caliber defensive short, shortstop. But they knew what they had. That's why they were willing to let Donaldson go. Right? They true. had a good That's third true. base player that could that could hit. They were willing to get rid of that because they knew they had Chapman coming up the line. I don't think they have that anymore. No. So, uh-huh. you know, all those years of rebuilding and going, all right, we lost a bunch of players, but in two or three years, the guys coming up are going to be really good. I don't, I don't see that. You have some isolated guys here and there yeah. that will be good when they get here, but you don't have like a Olsen Chapman tandem that are going to be coming up at about the same time. Right, and, exactly. and that's the thing that that bugs me the most about it. Exactly, and 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 I was um, I was kind of tripping in 2017 because I thought Ryan Healy was going to be our starting third baseman. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Because Healy had a pretty good 17, but then Chapman came out of nowhere and he he became our starter in 2018. Man, so that was one thing I always gave Billy Bean credit for is because he at least had something. At least when there was the rebuilds, at least you could, like you said, you could you you saw something. You know what I mean? It's like okay, wait a minute. You know, we might have gotten rid of somebody. But this guy, maybe in a year or two, he's going to come up. You know what I mean? So, but it's just now it's just like, oh, man, you know, that, that that's what hurt last year, man. It was just like, oh, my God, man. You know, that's why last year I only went to a couple games because it mm-hmm. was just it was hard. This year I've been to two games so far. I'm going to the boycott. I'm going to go Saturday. Then we're probably going to go. Um, my wife wants to go for the Italian heritage night because I'm, uh, I'm Italian. She's Italian. So and then we're definitely going to go to I think maybe like a, a one of the Giants games and one of the Yankees games. So we're we're gonna go to a few games this year. And like someone was telling me like why are you gonna put money in Fisher's pocket? It ain't about that. It's it's about that I even if even if this ace team is bad and we do set the record for most losses, I'm not letting this I'm I don't want my um childhood memories to be stolen. You know what I mean? Yeah. I want to sit there if this is let's say it is let's say this is the last season or two in the Coliseum. I at least want to be there and say, you know what? I was there. You, you know what I mean? It's like I'm not letting someone's decisions, what they want to do with the team, going to hamper me from going to at least a couple games. You know what I mean? Because because yeah. me and my wife, we don't have kids. And, you know, my, my dad passed down baseball to me and my brother. And now my wife's really into baseball. She loves baseball. So she wants that experience with me. So it's like, yeah, you know what? We got to do this. <laughs> well, it's It's good to do. Oh yeah, um, we've got in the chat. It says, "Funny that Billy Bean is a four percent owner and has avoided criticism. Now we know why he didn't go to the Red Sox as GM, going to get some uh, big bucks if sale goes through. He is in line to make a, a hefty sum yes. if if it gets sold. Yeah, um, <laughs> I don't think that was his end game because it's been twenty years since he turned down that Red Sox uh, offer, but." Yeah, what was that? Oh four, oh five. After it, it well, like if you believe Moneyball, it was minutes after the uh, twenty yeah, streak. Yeah, yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> Which is a great movie, but it is not a historical, uh, hey, historically I thought, accurate. I thought he was gone too because, um, I mean, yeah, you're going, you're going from the Red Sox who have, you know, I mean, they print their own money. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's like, and I've always felt like Billy Bean had an eye for he, he, he had an eye for talent because. He found some guys and stuff like that. So it's like now you're 
giving a man more resources to work with. So I was like, man, Billy Bean's gone. I thought he was gone. But when he stayed with us, I was like, oh, my God, I was shocked. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to bring Joshua back in because he's been sitting here waiting. Mm-hmm. Um, I've always said that the uh, like the worst thing that happened to the A's is also kind of the best thing that happened to the A's with with in regards to Billy Bean because it's like him and Forrest have made – uh, John Fisher looked like a genius. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and he got away, he got away with being cheap because those guys could work within a budget. And, right. and, and so that has allowed this whole thing to go on way longer than it, than it should have. If they were going through GMs once every couple of years, you know, on this kind of budget, then things would have been very different because at some point someone would have said, you got to start putting some money into this team or we're going to make you sell it, you know, but they got to the postseason and we're getting playoffs and, and stuff like that too often, I think, you know? Right. Right. Yeah. We kept, we kept, we kept pulling playoffs. Like, like the early two thousands, you could see that squad was good. You know what I mean? And then, then the 06 one was kind of that outlier, man. Cause you know, we got rid of the big three. We still kept Zito around, but when we signed Frank Thomas and you just, you just tell that there was some, Man, they had some. We had some. That 06 squad. I really liked that 06 squad. I really, I really felt like if uh, Crosby didn't get hurt, maybe I, I don't know. We just we just ran out of gas against Detroit in that series. Man, that that 06 squad was something special with Frank Thomas because it it goes mm-hmm. back to what I said about having a guy like Cespedes in your lineup. When you have a guy like Thomas in your lineup, like you said, you you got to kind of you got to pitch to other guys. You got to be honest to other guys. You can't pitch around other guys. Crosby never lived up to the, the expectations. Nah, yeah, he never, yeah. He, nah, he, and, you know, Frank Thomas, obviously, he had that big year with us and went for a greener pastures with the Blue Jays, gave him more money. So it's kind of like, yeah, thanks, guys, for the uh, second chance, but bye, Felicia. <laughs> and that was, that was a sad thing, too, because I'm, I'm pretty sure, I mean, Frank yeah. Thomas, like, he, I, I know he got a ring in 05 with the White Sox, but it wasn't really – he even said it like, hey, man, I was hurt, you know, more than what, like right. 75% of the year. I think if Billy Bean or someone else said, hey, look, Frank, you want to retire in that athletic? How about here's three year, you know, 12 million, 13 million. I bet I, I'm, I don't know. Maybe Frank would have said, you know what? I'm happy here. I got a ring, I, I, a Hall of Fame career. I'll just finish my career out with the A's, make four or five million a year. He would have, but they didn't even give him nothing. I think they got, they got scared though. Because Ch- I was saying earlier, with Chavez was the last big contract they gave to. Yeah, that's and he was injured for most of the part. Right. And so I think somewhere with Bean, Bean was like, "Uh, do I really want to sign this guy for long in case they get injured? Then what? I mean, right. you look at Trout. I mean, I mean, compared to Apples and Oranges, Trout's like on another level, but he's always injured. Yeah, it, that's the big biggest problem, and especially when they got. Pujols in 2010, he was always injured. Right. I mean, my uncle's a huge Angels fan down in Southern California. My uncle lives down there, and he just says it all the time. He says, Trout, he's great, but he's always injured. Right. There's always <laughs> something. His, his back, his obliques. It's the, like, the, the best abilities, availability. <laughs> right. So, I mean, so, so sometimes Bean does look smart. I mean, I, I, you were saying earlier, piggyback on, 2014 
I don't know. Sometimes Bean, I, I think, is too smart for his own good sometimes. Right. He, he likes, well, let me see. I pulled a rabbit out of the hat with this tray. Let me see if I can pull it out again. And I'm right. going to even look more like a genius. Right, right. Yeah, we, we didn't need I, the the another pitcher. We we didn't have, obviously, Samarja proved that he wasn't a real great effective starter. But I don't know. Could he have proven an effective starter in the playoffs. And we have that other guy. I mean, do yeah. we really need Lester? Because besides that power in the bat, it was team chemistry. Yeah. I that, said the same thing when that happened. <laughs> yeah. You lose that team chemistry that people get along with. Now you got to le- get to learn. Now you got to know about this guy now. What are his likes, dislikes? Right. What, what makes him angry? What, what you know, it's just... And Lester didn't seem like he wanted to be there. He just, I don't know, maybe it's just me. No. And, and then then we get like, we got two other guys. We got Johnny Gomes back in that day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Gomes, yeah, he had a great 2012 with us and stuff like that. But I just, I went to a couple games and in that season in, in 14, I was watching all the games on TV if I couldn't make it. And it just, just the body language of Gomes was just kind of like, eh, I don't want to be here. You know what I mean? I'd rather be in Boston right now, man. It's like, that was. And, that was a nostalgic trade right there. That was, yeah. you know, when yeah. they sell, when they sell movies to like mm-hmm. uh, TBS or something like some TV channel or whatever, they sell them in groups and they go, you can get Indiana Jones, uh, return of the Jedi jaws and, and mannequin two. <laughs> right. And they'll throw one stinker in. And that's why those movies get played on the TV every now and then is because, right. well, we got More it because we two. wanted return of the Jedi. And, and Gomes, I think, and I, and I like Gomes and everything, but he was oh, a yeah. mannequin too. Love thing him. that was yeah. that was well. If you're gonna get them, you're gonna take this guy too because we're done with them. And exactly, yeah. And and, and I like Gomes too because you know he, you know when he uh, his walk up theme music was too short. Getting it, I was like, all right, we got some town pride here. You know what I mean? He's a Bay Area <laughs> guys from up north. So I was like, all right, cool, man. You know, but it's just that, like I said, when he came back to us, he was just like, I don't know, it's, Not the it's same. Funny. Yeah, it's it's funny. It makes you wonder, like, you know, what do they? I mean, like I said, man, what what do they know about that? What goes on in that front office? You know what I mean? So, yeah, <laughs> well, I just remember 2014. What we really needed, and I just remember, and this is a headache every time I think about Gregerson. Oh my! We God. needed. It was our relief pitching that was horrible that year. Yeah, and I remember one of my memories, the saddest memory. We're talking about memories here. I was at school going to college. And I'm in class, and I'm excited. I'm, like, trying to hide my phone from my the professor. <laughs> I'm like, all right, seven and three. Brandon Moss, two home runs already. I'm thinking, oh, crap. <laughs> Our relief pitching has been bad all year. I'm like, oh, boy. I, said, I, I, don't, think, I'm like, I don't think this is going to be good when I, when I go out for my break. And sure enough, it's seven to six. Then seven, I'm just like, <sighs> like, I knew it. Yeah. I, <laughs> well, I was, hey, uh, I was waiting for I was writing for fan site at, at the Swing and A's site, which is now White Cleat Beat or some stupid name like that. That's a story for another day. But um, so we had organized a whole watch party at, I think, a Buffalo Wild Wings in, in Fremont or Newark or whatever. And like we're sitting there and it's like all the writers for the site and a bunch of fans and everything. And we're all there. And like it's four times that night we went, oh, we just won this game. That's it. We just won. We just got it. <laughs> 
And then it was like, oh, I guess not. Oh, we just got it. You know, Moss hits another home run. Oh, we just won this game. And it's like, yeah. we won that game four times. The problem was the Royals won at five. You know? Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, man. Yeah. Dude. Yeah. And then, you, know, you know, you know what hurt too was in the, you guys remember in 2012, I really thought we were going to get Detroit that year, man. We were just, oh, yeah. I thought we were going to get Detroit in 2012. But I mean, and speaking of, uh, off of Gregor's in, but Ryan Cook that game too, man. We, yeah. We had the lead, blew it. Reddick hits that home run. We take that three-two lead in like the seventh, eighth inning. It's like, all right, come on now, let's shut the door, man. We got Cook, we got Balfour. We can get this. And then Cook gives up that wild pitch, and it's like, oh my god, man, you know. So it's like, it's like you know, it's it's funny because uh, my dad, my dad's side of the family, he's from Baltimore, so he's an Orioles fan. But he always pulled. He's like, I always pull for the A's, Matt. You know, what I mean, I was born out here. My my dad's side of my uh, my dad's grandparents they came from Baltimore, so you know he grew up as an Orioles fan because my dad's favorite player was Brooks Robinson. Oof, but my dad said, oh. but my dad always pulled for the A's. My dad's like, I love the A's. You know what I mean? My dad's like, I'm a baseball guy. You know what I mean? Like, I go to A's games. He goes to Giants games with my mom because my mom, my mom's one of those people. Like my mom and my sister, they're both they're teeter toters. You know, they like the A's and the Giants. And I'm like, man, look, you gotta pick one or the other. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> but but at the same time, I respect the Giants. You know what I mean? They're Bay Area. You know what I mean? So they've had some good players. I, and baseball's different from football. You know what I mean? Baseball's baseball's more of a fun game. You know what I mean? It's 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 just you know I mean, it it gets more casual fans in my opinion. You know what I mean? Football, it's just you're there for the hype. So it's a uh, like I said, my dad would always be like, you know what? If there's one fan base, you know they keep saying the uh, the Cubs are the lovable losers, and I'm just like. Yeah, but they got Wrigley Field, they got nostalgia, they got history. But if there's any yeah. fan base in baseball that's had heartache, it's us, man. I mean, oh, yeah. we've had we got four titles in Oakland, but really we should have about seven or eight of them, man. Really, to be oh, honest, it's truth. <laughs> Anyways, but yeah, guys, I gotta take off, man. I gotta do, do my nightly walk with the wife and the dog, man. I appreciate mm -hmm. chatting. Go you Oakland. Guys. Yes, sir, man. Go A's, fellas. Thanks for coming Go. on, Matt. Thanks a lot, guys. And then there were two. So if you are uh, watching and you want to join in with the conversation, this will be your last chance. Um, I said we'd go as long as there were people in the queue. And um, so jump on there. The link is in the description on Twitter. And uh, and you can get in. Um, just scanning the chat here. It doesn't look like there's been much since the Billy Bean discussion. Go Hawks says, been an A's fan all my life. Can't imagine not having the Oakland A's to root for during the summer. Uh, this Iowan with you, great fans of this team. Thank you, Iowan. Um, all right. I think there is like a, you look at games and stuff on TV and the A's travel well. There are A's fans oh, yeah. everywhere, you know, and for a team that has for years been like, oh, we're a small market team and all this nonsense. They really do travel well. Yeah, you know, yeah. For a team that's got no fans, they sure have a whole lot of fans in visitor ballparks. I mean, I love watching the San Diego Padre games. Mm -hmm. You know, you'll see a bunch of yellow and green in the stands, and especially Anaheim. The Angels games have a lot of A's fans yeah. that go to those. Daniel says, my worry is all the delays are ways to get more yes votes and where Governor Lombardo signed some bills today, they might have found a way to get SB1 through. All right, so here's the thing. The delays are twofold. You should be hopeful because if they haven't done anything yet, that means they don't have the yes votes. Yeah. 
But you should be cautious, like Daniel's saying, because if they haven't done a vote yet, that means they're still willing to work towards yes, which is bad news for us. But it's still not done. I've said right now we're at like 50-50, because technically, as of right now, the A's still have a better deal in Oakland. If this thing passes tomorrow, maybe we're at 60-40, that move. You know, it's still not a done deal. The bill itself has um, ambiguous language. The bill itself is for a relocation team or any other MLB team. So yeah. it could be expansion or relocation. That always um, me. The That's site it. itself isn't stipulated in there, which I've read some reports right. today that um, that was that was an issue with the transportation study because mm-hmm. the bill doesn't actually list a site. They're like, how can we do a transportation study for this bill? if there's no site involved. So that could change. There's all these things. And then there's also the stipulation that the A's themselves can get out of this deal. I think they have 12 months um, where they can get out of this deal and not be in violation of their 30 year relocation agreement. And all well, that their thing. name's not on it, right? Their name's not on it at all. Yeah. Yeah. That's- so if this passed tomorrow, um, which would be third, when uh, Tuesday, God, I'm, Having a three-year-old fries your concept of time. Um, so that would be Tuesday. Wednesday, Manfred could come out and say, I'm, I've am i got a, a, a ownership group that wants to start an expansion team in Las Vegas, and we're going to piggyback off of this uh, legislation. Okay. Then, then the A's are done, right? They're back to Oakland. So at any point during this thing, even if it gets passed, at any point, baseball or an ownership group or the A's themselves can say, we're not interested. And – the ballpark might still get built. Bally's now has this uh, uh, tax incentives and stuff to build something on those nine acres. You That's get all the set. Jobs. That doesn't go away if the A's back out. So there's reason to be hopeful right now. There's reason to be cautious right now. But yeah. even if it passes tomorrow, that's uh, not necessarily uh, – it's bad news for the A's because it does push them a little bit closer to leaving, but it's not the death knell – that it might yeah. seem because of all those vague um, things in the bill. Also, I have to say, because they're talking about part of the holdup in the Senate is because they're, they're negotiating amendments, uh, particularly with the community benefits package, which is a joke as it stands. And it's a joke in yeah. the way they handle it in Oakland. So I don't understand how they're going to change that, but there could be also amendments in there that we don't know about that will say, you have to name the team. You have to name the site. They, that could all change um, right. between now and when the, the amended bill is presented. But as of right now, I still say it's a coin flip. And then if it passes, it's like best two out of three coin flip. Like it's still not a done deal until first pitch on opening day. This is not a done deal. I think either way it's going to be close. Yeah. If it passes. It's going to be close. If it fails, it says no. Hopefully, we're that's what we're rooting for. <laughs> it's going to be close, and I think it's going to be by one vote. Vote. That's what Again, it was with like, the Raiders. Yeah, I, I just have a, a gut feeling. I mean, like I was telling you earlier, before Scott Osler of the Chronicle came out and said he, it's going to be very close. He, he as a hunch, maybe that's because he's from the Bay Area. <laughs> he's saying that he doesn't think it's going to be funded or passed. But again, that's just a hunch. That's maybe wishful thinking, like us. <laughs> I yeah, just say that. Yeah, I just say the stadium needs to be rocking tomorrow. Mm-hmm. 
Daniel says, I grew up in West Virginia, about 100 miles south of Pittsburgh. In April 93, I was stationed at Travis Air Force Base. My first game was a few weeks later uh, versus Cleveland. I was hooked. Also, I didn't want to support Bonds. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever got you to the green and gold, it's uh, it's all worthwhile. I was there the day after I was at the Giants game, which is weird to say because I've only been to maybe a half a dozen Giants games my whole life. Um, but it was like the day after he broke the second place record, I think. And so they had a nice little ceremony there and Willie Mays came out and all that kind of stuff. And that was cool. But yeah, I, I could not care less about the Giants. <laughs> <laughs> if if they were moving, which they didn't because of the A's, but if they were moving, yeah, it would welcome. not be a heartbreak to me. You're welcome, by the way. Yeah. That was one of, that was like probably the only flaws that Haas had. He was too kind hearted. And they say kindness sometimes bites, bites you in the butt sometimes. And it was one of those things like, I get it on, in a certain respect, like this is too big of a market to just have one team and everything. But yeah, the, the, the play there is maybe not to advocate for the Giants to leave, but just stay quiet. Just stay in your lane. <laughs> right. You know, lane bear and the other guy. Let guy, them uh, figure out their own thing. Yeah. I mean, I just think, you know, like 91. I mean, Haas loved both sides of the bay. Yeah. He, he didn't have biasism towards one. And at least unlike Fisher, he was he would be present, or at least his son, Wally, would be present at a lot of these, you know, community events. They would be present there. I don't think yeah. Fisher is present at, at all. At least not, not the legislation like, session. Not, not really. And and like he had <laughs> one. There's like one or two pictures of him walking the halls in Nevada, but that was, that was it. And that was after, it didn't get the votes in the regular session. Yeah, he looked like, too happy. You never see him doing anything. You never see him scooping no. rip your floats and stuff like that. You know, every now and then you'll see him in the diamond level seats behind home plate. But that's even that's a pretty rare occurrence nowadays, which I understand. Care. I wouldn't want to show up in Oakland now, uh, right now, if I were yeah. him either. But oh, it'd be a cold, cold day in hell for him to show. Oh yeah, it's but not yeah. He's I don't think a lot of these community events. He has his, you know, probably interns and other workers that will get involved at these community events. But yeah, you never see him. Yeah, that's why I think they're asking. I think it was. Daryl, I think it was the, the May 3rd, the Memorial Day when they had the first session, the committee, mm-hmm. and she, the woman, the senator that said that she has family in Oakland. Mm-hmm. And she's saying, like, she's like, my family hates the A's. Like, you guys, community involvement is nada. Basically. Mm-hmm. That's what she was saying. It was Don Daryl, I think. No, that's the uh, the lead. Was the other woman who said a hell no? Yeah, I forget. I'm starting to get. I know more Nevada legislators now than I do any other state in the union. But yeah, but I'm starting to get them confused. She said that, and then somebody else pointed out because they were talking about the you know the A's are committed to this community outreach and stuff, and they're like, uh, Steph Curry and his family have given more to the Oakland community than the A's community fund has, and the A's community fund is almost entirely financed 
through donations from A's fans. Yeah. You know, John, John Fisher has con- John Fisher has contributed more to political campaigns than he has right. to to the A's community fund. But since I hear that they're possibly going to transfer the community fund over to Vegas, I didn't hear that. But I mean, it makes sense. It's their yeah, it's their I mean, nonprofit. Well, that's, but that's the that's, thing that pissed me off. I don't know if you watched last week's, but that's what pissed me off last week with Catherine Aker sitting there talking about, oh, we're so proud to fund all these little leagues in in the East Bay and stuff, and we will happily take that away from them to bring it to you. And it's like, so even in your arguments to support yourself moving to Las Vegas, you have, you're like, we are willing to screw whoever we need to screw to get get here. And that's not a red flag to these people. Right. No, I mean, absolutely, absolutely right. I mean, it's like I was telling you earlier, uh, Jaeger, I think it was the second week of May, which we actually last week's session, we found, find out it was February, right? Mm -hmm. That they visited and we're talking and you still don't have a concrete and reliable term sheet. I'd be fired. If I was at a job, I'd be fired yeah. or written up. If I didn't have uh, the, the project done or, and they do it. And I knew I had a feeling they were going to do this last minute. Like I was like that week. I'm like, they, it was every week. Well, we're going to have it sometime today. We're going to have it this Friday. Then it was this constantly. And I was like, Oh, they're going to do it last minute. Mm-hmm. Then nobody the nobody league. moves the goalposts like this front office does, <laughs> or gets past third base like Caval, right? Yeah, <laughs> like you <don't> say. <laughs> yeah, no, it's just it's it's incredible. It's like how unprofessional is this? I mean, that's already a red flag. It's like you use the term uh, "like" when you compare in your videos all the time. So it's like you go on a date, and this person, for one, they're thirty minutes late. They. uh they're bad hygiene. They chew with their mouth. So you're already seeing the red flags mm-hmm. with this person. And you're like, check, please. That's honestly what the legislator should have done already. Check, yeah. please. We're out. No thanks. I mean, and I don't see how, obviously, they're looking. They, they, they've even spoken it. C.B. Ager says he started from Oakland. But if you're getting it from Damon Amadolara, you're getting it from Ken Rosenthal, Buster Olney. Like, come on, man. You, mm-hmm. you, this isn't just West Coast Bay Area Bison. Yeah, this Bias. is this is national baseball media. Some of the most respected guys in baseball media, right? You know, it's, it's, I mean, I will say on one hand, it's great for clicks, right? But, uh, literally, the, the most visited I get for my website, I get a, a Google Analytics report every month, and the most. The th- I think it was the third most uh, searched term in Google that drew people to my site was the Oakland A's suck. <laughs> it should be Fisher sucks, but yeah. And it takes me and it takes them most of the time to an article I wrote two or three years ago. It's not even a recent article that I wrote that it takes them to. But like, it's good for clicks right now to be saying uh john fisher is a horrible owner and dave cavill's right. a bad president and all that stuff you know it's very it's a very easy uh headline to to get positive reaction on which i think speaks to the a's fan base again yeah you know if all of a sudden your tweet i mean uh melissa lockhart today and i love melissa she's a very good person and 
I go way back with her. She has 14,000 followers, 15,000. That's, that's great. She's got, um, uh, scrolling through Twitter here to find it. She put out a tweet today about the reverse boycott that has been seen by 115,000 people. So she's getting 10 times the engagement on that tweet than her follower count. Right. And she deserves it. She is literally the best and she deserves it. But that is, she's not getting 10 times on every tweet she's put out. You know, she put out a, she put out a retweet that um, from A's cast. that's only got 1800 impressions. So it's like, I did a tweet a few weeks ago. I've got like uh, a thousand people following me. I put out a tweet that had 50 or 60,000 impressions. So it's very good for business right now to say you don't like John Fisher or Dave Cavill. So I will take some of their criticism with a grain of salt, but regardless of their motivations for stepping out now, it, it does show how wildly unpopular these two guys are. Uh, And three, if you throw Manfred in there too, because he's just Mm -hmm. as unpopular as everybody else. um, It does show like that there's national dislike for these guys. It's not just located in the East Bay. Oh, no, of course not. It's, yeah, like I said, you got Damon Amadora, Mm -hmm. CBS, Sports, and he's from New York, I believe. Then you got Ken Rosenthal, Buster Olney. It's uh, I think a- even AJ Przezinski, uh, where Ken Rosenthal does his commentary on uh, foul territory, I think it's called. Um, they've been talking about it, and so the word's spreading. It, it's and I think, like I said, why tomorrow needs to be rocking. So people they look, you know, you got the owners. Maybe they're gonna watch it. I don't know. Maybe they don't care. But, you know, they're looking. So, John Fisher, uh, it's the A's fans, huh? They see how much the crowd there, but like I said, they may not care. I don't know the, I don't know how much or little the other A's or the other team owners are looking, but I do know, like, you've seen Cavill, who hasn't tweeted in months, is liking and retweeting tweets. So he's poking around Twitter. He sees yeah. the stuff. They are, they are aware. And obviously – they're aware of the the actual ticket sales tomorrow. And I've always said since this thing was announced, the worst thing that could happen is if the reverse boycott had a hundred more tickets sold than the previous Tuesday had, but it's right. already over 20,000. There's somebody on Twitter that keeps counting them. He goes section by section and counts the available seats. Um, and they're already over 20,000. They're, they're getting close to, I think, uh, opening night numbers for a random Tuesday. Yeah in Oakland. So, I mean, just that alone is something that you can't, if you're, if you're in the media nationally, you can't ignore that. If you're covering this story, you can't ignore the fact that they had a few thousand last week or, you know, two weeks ago, and now they've got 20,000, 25,000, whatever it ends up being. Yeah. I just got my alert. We're up three to nothing right now against the Rays. So, so now they're on a, uh, they could be on a six game winning streak. Uh, not yeah. to jinx it, but I, yeah, I don't but care. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> they could be they could be on a six game winning streak, and yeah, coming into this reverse boycott, they had uh, on their last Tuesday home game, they had five thousand one hundred and sixteen people. 
So they've already eclipsed. If nobody else buys a ticket, they've already eclipsed their last Tuesday night by 15,000 people. Are you questioning this like I am? Or like maybe some people might because... Am I questioning it? Some people might think... Or I was thinking the other day, are they waning now? Because it's funny how if you look at the May 31st, right? The Memorial Day, they're mm-hmm. doing, they're having that meeting and they're talking about how they, they suck. I mean, I'm just, you know, it's, it's odd how they're winning all of a sudden. I mean, maybe that could be a good thing and they can have more fans come, but it's just, it's odd how they're starting to turn. I, I, I remember you last week were saying you wish it would just suck. We're going to suck, you know, Yeah. let us just suck. You know what I mean? I don't want to be competing with the Royals for right. who's going to have 22 wins. Right. I want to be, if we're going to be it, I want to have the worst record, but they're not even losing to, I mean, they, they, they took a, a, a sweep of Milwaukee. Who's a, a over 500 team. They're second yeah. place in their division. Um, same amount of wins as the first place team in their division. Now they're going up against the Rays and giving them a run for the money. And you could, uh, I mean, the there's no team in baseball better than, than the Rays right now, but right, this sub 20 team, 20 win team is currently winning. Could it be maybe, I don't know. I'm not saying because that they're throwing games and it's probably a long shot conspiracy, but maybe the A's baseball is getting involved and saying, well, hey, we need to give these guys the wins. We need to show Vegas that these guys can compete. You know what I mean? It, it's not far. It, it's not probably happening, yeah. but it's not a long shot either. Because, like I said, if you remember the session on Memorial Day, that they were saying, that, well, they suck. How are they going to stay competitive? Now, all of a sudden, <laughs> we go into these special sessions and now that they have this winning streak, which it can happen to anybody. Me, maybe I'm just a conspiracy theorist. <laughs> but it's weird, you know what I mean? Yeah. All of a sudden, we're starting to 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 win and win. Now we're up four to nothing. So but it's just, yeah, like I said, it's a little odd that we're this is a special session. We're, they're questioning if we're gonna be competitive. Now we're I mean, because there was a few calls I think the other day that there was like a high strike or so that we had our pitcher had pitched and I'm kind of like, uh, uh, what's going on? Like I, mean, I said, they probably beat, far-fetched. They beat the pirates like what? 11 to two. And the pirates are first place in their division yeah. above the brewers. So they took out the central division, uh, and actually lowered their run differential for a little bit there. Um, I don't know. I don't think it's as easy to, to do that kind of stuff in baseball as it is like right. in basketball. But yeah, it's definitely it definitely is suspect when you're like, you guys have sucked for yeah. 55, 60 games, however, however deep we're in now. Now it's a um, special, special and, session. And, and then all of a sudden, when when Nevada Senators are saying, Why do we want your crappy team? All of a sudden you're like, hey, we're on a six-game winning streak. <laughs> right. That's what I'm wondering. It's, I mean, like I've I said, said it here, I've said it here like a thousand times. I have yet to hear a conspiracy theory about the A's from the last two years that I could 100% debunk. Right. You know, it's like all of it's like, no, I see where you're coming from on this. <laughs> you're right. But I, I don't think it was a couple podcasts ago where somebody said that the giants might've sent Fisher in as an assassin yeah. that I don't think so, but they could have 
the owners of the Giants could have came up to him. Hey, John, because supposedly John Fisher has been at Giants games before with Giants gear. What I've heard. Well, he's, I think he's still a minority owner there, isn't he? I don't, I don't know. But I do you know, I was reading Arco a while ago. I have to find out what Arco it is. But he begged his dad to keep the Giants, to be part of the group, to keep the Giants in San Francisco. And so I'm thinking all this time, well, maybe they came up to him one day. Hey, Johnny, you know, come here, you know, and we need, we want to be the only Bay Area team, you know, team in this. And what's it going to take for us to get you out of here? And he's like, well, I don't know. I got to think of some way that maybe one of them were watching TV, you know, TBS. We're talking about TBS earlier. <laughs> and Major League comes on and they say, <laughs> hey, Johnny. Turn the tube on. We got an idea how. To, and he's like, "You're right. This is okay, you know." So that isn't far fetched, though. Yeah, because it's funny how these guys. You don't hear much about them recently, too. Larry Bayer and, and Phil Newcomb. I believe. that's what it is. Phil Newcomb. Yeah. I mean, I think Peter McGowan was not that way. I mean, he passed away a while ago, unfortunately. He might have been the the guy with the whole heart, but these other guys I don't trust. The Giants owners now. No, I, I mean, just I just don't. looked it up. Apparently, he had to sell his stake in the A's or the Giants to get the A's. But I just read something like a week ago that was talking that he still had some kind of like very 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 minor cut in that. So uh, that might be <laughs> totally wrong. But yeah, yeah, Major League was supposed to be a cautionary tale, not a business. Uh, Right. <laughs> you know? This is how it's done, boys. This is, yeah. It's like I said the same thing, too. It's like they were watching the producers, and they're like, maybe we could, you know, and, and, you know <laughs> we could we could make more money on a failing team than we could on a winning team, you know? Right. Now, it's definitely a, yeah. uh, a, the whole situation. And, and it wouldn't be this way if it also wasn't stupid weird. Right. I mean, you know, yeah, like it's, said, it's, something it's, smells and it ain't the, bit, the water in the bay. Yeah, there's something that that it's easy to come up with conspiracy theories when for two years now, or th- five years really, you've been told we need to have 50 acres so we can do ancillary development and we need to right. be able to, uh, this will only work. We can only put more money into the team if we can have condos and stores yeah. and stuff to support it. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden it's eh, nine, nine acres. acres is fine. You know, <laughs> like there's something like that kind of behavior is rife for uh, uh, yeah, conspiracy theories. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's just but I, I don't know how they're going to be able to do even with the because most dome stadiums or retractable roof stadiums are more than nine acres. I know. I think is it Minute Maid Park that's like twenty-eight acres. I think T Mobile in Seattle is seventeen, I believe. Nine acres for a retractable. I mean no, they're I already criticizing it. I think it'll end up being a dome when it's <laughs> when it's all said and done. It'll end up being a dome because they're not gonna have the money to be able to do that on a nine acre lot because it'll probably take some kind of innovation that's never been done before. And it costs about five thousand, ten thousand dollars a day to run a, a retractable roof. Each is day. it really? I, I looked it up. I was looking it up on Google. I was like, okay, how much does a retractable roof cost? And you know, many there's different varies right. variations of the price. And it says 
could cost five thousand, ten thousand dollars a day to, to run it. So you're looking at up to $81,000 a year then. Because you're also thinking too, the lights on, on under it, mm-hmm. you got to have lights. And it's just electricity, the electric bill, probably included. And I guarantee that's not something they've looked into. No, of course not. I mean, look look at the uh, the rendering the rendering they came out with <laughs> on Memorial Day weekend. Yeah. I mean, more than nine acres. And of course, you got the um, the professors out there. Oh well, it's you know this not showing the Tropicana. It's going to be here. It's going to be there. You know, I, like I said earlier, I, I can name you a few that have come on to other shows, and they're just so adamant about they's coming and let's effing go. Let's you know. And it's like, bro, you don't even, you're that delusional. You really think Fisher is going to spend money on the A's when he gets there? No, it's crazy. All you got to do is look at San Jose for for proof that he won't. <laughs> oh, exactly, exactly. And I, I'm i like, I might just go on Twitter. I don't do Twitter, but I might just go on Twitter in a few years if this thing does pass and they get him. And I'm going to put a Stephen A. Smith meme, make my own Stephen A. Smith meme. Because every year when the Cowboys lose <laughs> and he does this little video of him laughing hysterically, because, mm-hmm. you know, cause he always he always predicts it, that the Cowboys are going to get kicked out. And there he shows himself laughing. I'm going to do that, you know, on Twitter. <laughs> just, just to, you know, when the A's, when they sell Ruiz, Rook or Noda's gone, I'm just going to go on Twitter and put that. And every time I hear a Vegas fan say, <laughs> Fisher's going to uh, invest in this team. Well, I mean, to quote Dave Cavill himself, the proof will be in the pudding. And and you've got these guys that are kind of cut the, the cream that's rising to the top right now. Um, if John Fisher is serious about putting a winning team in Las Vegas, you got to be looking. These guys that like Ruiz that are coming up now that are that are showing some potential are going to be the cornerstones of your of your oh, team yeah. in five years when that stadium opens. So when they get traded at the trade deadline this year, or which, they sell them, which they very likely could, then that is just more proof that John Fisher has no interest in 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 putting a, a winning team really in either city. This isn't even a Vegas or Oakland issue now. This is just his his ownership of the team in general. He's not right. interested in putting a winning team on at all. Because oh, those yeah. guys will be traded. Yeah. If not yeah. by the trade deadline this year or the all-star break in some cases probably, then definitely by the end of the season. Yeah. I mean, the only consolation that I think I got from all this is he can't mess around in Vegas. Yeah. I mean, I don't care what the end of the movie Casino says. You know, when he, when Robert De Niro's narrating and he says, well, the corporations took over. It's more like a family theme. The mob still runs it down there. <laughs> they still, and like the quote Joe Pesci in the, the movie Casino, there's a lot of holes out in that desert. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm telling you, I'm, I'm not, I don't want people, bad things to happen to him. I'm sure he's a nice guy, but he better not mess around down there and try to poke the bear, basically. Because I'm telling you, he will find himself flowing down the Colorado River at two in the morning. <laughs> With a burlap bag over his head. I mean, the mob may not be there, but you sure as hell know that the casino magnets and the gaming commission, they run like the mob. 
Oh, and the unions. And I'm a union. Yeah. I'm a I'm a very pro union guy, but I keep reading reports that this is all going to come down to which senators want to cross the culinary union. Right. And if that's the case, if that's true, then those unions aren't really working for the best interest of the the, the town or the city or their local. They are literally just want, they want to get anything that even seems to be uh, slightly beneficial for their their people. Yeah. They're gonna they're gonna kind of blow up exponentially, you know. And and I think that's kind of what's happening because it's like the culinary union really thinks that there's going to be a measurable amount of full-time jobs at a stadium that's oh, open no, maybe 90 times a year. Those are part-time right. gigs. There are going to be as many or more culinary jobs that would be built on those nine acres if they would have just let the Tropicana rebuild on the whole site instead of right. three-fourths of it. Um, I, was the and center, the, I would just let them know. Like, hey, look, we're going to say no on it if they vote no, but we promise you We'll have a job for you at the Tropicana. They're going to tear it down. Yeah. And and I, if I were somebody, I would tell Vegas, I don't think they need MLB to be pro, uh, financially productive. They don't. Because mm -mm. they got NHL Knights, who are tremendous, who didn't, by the way, spend, even someone the center said, didn't spend a dime. You got your minor league park, which I don't think baseball could take away. I don't know if they could or not. But you also have the NFL, the, the Raiders, WNBA. And if you bring the NBA there, expansion, I mean, courtside seats alone are, are, are close to $1,000, I'm sure. I haven't been to a basketball game in a while, but I'm sure they're expensive, courtside seats. You bring the NBA, you're going to get more money flowing. You, they, I, I, I don't know. I don't think they need the MLB. I don't think they do either. I think uh, NBA is definitely the next the next way yeah. to go. Um, MLB just does not. If they were to do it, it would have to be expansion, because MLB does. I don't. There's not a whole lot of uh, precedent to say that that uh, current fans will relocate with the team. Right. There's like, right. the most recent one is Expos to Nationals. And I don't know that a lot of Expos fans still follow the Nationals closely. Mm, yeah. Um, and and so I don't think there's there's nothing in history, recent history, that would suggest that Oakland A's fans are going to be loyal Las Vegas A's fans. Brooklyn Dodgers, um, LA Dodgers. I mean Yeah. But that was sixty years ago, yeah. sixty five years ago. They all became either Yankee fans or or Mets fans. Yeah. So I don't know that um, without that precedent, I don't know that it works. But if NBA was to get an expansion team or something, or even an MLB expansion team, but NBA is lower stakes and it's a more versatile venue because right. you can do more concerts will be held at an NBA stadium than an MLB right. stadium. You have the college uh, UNLV can use it, you know, all those kinds of things. I think it's a more versatile venue for the Las Vegas Strip. So there's a little less pressure on an NBA team performing. And it's not unheard of. Uh, the finals are going on right now. I heard on the radio the tickets for that were going for like $15,000 or $35,000 or something like that. Yeah. That's not going to happen for the – for. Eight. For almost nobody. I mean, yeah. the World Series, if you're lucky, you'll get it – once every 20 years. Oh, plus, you know, basketball is international, and they've yeah. had the, the All-Star game 
the NBA All-Star Game in Vegas. Yeah. So yeah. they already know that, you know, the Vegas knows, hey, we can make money here. Mm-hmm. The NBA. And they're international as well as baseball. Right. But if you notice some of the – even the teams we're talking about, teams earlier with winning records at the A's and B, some of these clubs, they're not – they're getting like 10000 to 15000 Yeah. Because again, that's compared to Apple to Oranges with our, you can't compare it to the A's, but still for winning records, they're not getting at least 30,000. And because baseball's dwindling, people are tired of one, we had the, the strike last year. Obviously, mm-hmm. Manfrod, what he did with the Astros, the way he handled it. People are kind of leaning a little way, like, eh, I don't know. But he does this with the A's. I mean, who's to say? Because he's already threatening the Brewers. Right. It could end up like the A's. And who's to say with the, with the Giants? Giants could move maybe one of these. I don't think they will. But, you know, you, the, you know, politicians, well, rising sea. They're right, they're right there on the bay there. And, and they're in a, a stadium now that's close to 25 years old, which – we're starting to see is the lifespan of these stadiums, you know, 25, right, 30 right. years, and they're wanting to replace them now. So the Giants could be asking San Francisco for money. I mean, they, did, they didn't ask for money last time, which is no. why the A's presentation to Nevada stops right – it goes back in time and stops right before they get to the Giants stadium because that didn't right. need public financing. But who knows what's going to happen now. And if what I'm seeing from some people is true that – uh the reason this has been able to the Manfred has allowed this to go on as long as it has is because they don't want to set the precedent that communities won't put in public funds for it. Mm. Then that might force the giants to go to San Francisco or the state of California to, to go do it. Plus the angels need a new stadium. Right. They're thinking about long beach, you know? So it's like, there's all this stuff. And if you're just going to start playing and this goes back to Barbara Lee's, uh, letter a couple of weeks ago, if you're going to start playing a shell game with all these teams going, if I don't get the public money I want, I'm going to move to Nashville or Charlotte or whatever the case is, then that really throws into the whole antitrust thing. So Manfred could actually be digging his own grave here as yeah. far as that antitrust exemption, when, especially when you've got a Supreme Court that is more than willing right now to throw that out the window. Yeah, I mean, the like I said with the Giants, because – San Francisco ain't, is not g- getting any better. Yeah. Right now, they're having their own problems. Yeah. With a lot of tent cities and obviously California, period. The the, the ri- rising property taxes, everything. So in a few years, Giants say, hey, well, hey, we don't want to pay these property taxes. San Francisco, will you give us some money? Well, San Francisco's like, well, we didn't have to give you money last time. Right. And who's to say? Well, they say, hmm, Vegas. The A's didn't go there. We'll go, you know. We'll we'll uh, jump on that since they didn't. Yeah. So, again, not, not true. Probably not going to happen. But it's just something that, obviously, Giants ownership would do. And somebody needs to be thinking about it because just because it's not likely to happen doesn't mean – that it's not plan B for somebody. Right. 
So we've got now join in the chat. Uh, I'm going to put Joshua on hold here. We got Denver Doyle who was uh, in the chat room earlier. And if he's just coming on to talk about the Nuggets winning, um, this is not the place, man. But congratulations. Welcome, Denver. Yo, what's up? What's up, man? How's it going? Uh, Pretty good, you know. So um, Okay. Sorry about that, folks. No. <laughs> what the heck was that? That's going to be enough to get me kicked off of uh, YouTube, so thanks for that. Um, yeah. yeah. Idiot. Um, this is the, the problem we have with having just an open house setting like this. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So since there's nobody else, do you have any last words you want to say uh, tonight? And we'll we'll start wrapping this up. I'm oh, just gonna say, show up, show up, everybody. Go A's, Fisher out, Fisher sell, and best way to kill kill a snake, cut its. I mean, you know, <laughs> I want to go too graphic there, but you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah it's <laughs> got two snakes in the grass that we booted out, and just show. Up. I'm hoping. I'm hoping Mayor shows up tomorrow. Who? I think. Mayor Shankdow, I would hope so. And and I think uh, Vice Mayor Kaplan has been. I think she, she's been promoting she ticket sales and stuff for this. So yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised. I actually invited her here tonight because we have chatted a few times, and I was hoping That'd that she would come on. But, um, hopefully, she'll be there as well. Yeah, I mean, it's just I gotta say, go Oakland, uh, keep the faith, and I don't know. I'm 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 this close to going getting some Xanax because I'm <laughs> constantly refreshing Google, refreshing. I think I'm I'm refreshing everything. Nevada, Las Vegas, googling you know search. Tabitha Moeller, Howard Stutz. You know all the people that are in on this. So it's been I'm telling you a roller coaster. For a as we are as we are closing out, I'm seeing that the Senate, uh, Nevada Senate, has just rang the bell and they are taking roll calls. So. I don't know if that means that they're going to have oh, like boy. last week where they're going to have uh nope, they're heading back tomorrow at 8 a.m. So there's nothing going to happen tonight. Senate is adjourned. Assembly is adjourned. Nothing will happen until tomorrow. Is it? Okay. Um, so we are done for today. And then there's a very real possibility that decisions will be happening during the game tomorrow when everybody's uh, having a massive protest. So. Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, it, it, it would be better if you heard uh, Fisher's gonna sell. Yeah, <laughs> that, that, that'd be even better. That's the breaking news I would love to put on this podcast. Oh, jeez, I think everybody else in that place would be rocking even more tomorrow. Yeah, no kidding. That, but that's what I, I've been saying. Like, if Fisher, if Fisher was to say, "I'm gonna sell on Tuesday," on Wednesday it would be a sold out game. Oh yeah, like yeah, <laughs> it, it, it would be. I, I'm telling you right now. I mean, I can imagine it saying it at the beginning of, of the game and then all of a sudden you hear security guards uh we got a, a massive group of people coming up to the stadium we're gonna have i can just imagine it being that because mm-hmm. people will want to come back to the stadium yeah and actually love this club because we have somebody that loves it and loves us back yep and i i'm i don't know i'm tired of get, be, being given the finger by these guys i well, think we all are yeah Hopefully that will be the next thing to, to change. Yeah. 
So for everybody else, make sure that you uh, subscribe so you can see more stuff. I won't let that one guy on again, so we don't have to deal with that. And um, you can, uh, if you're listening on the podcast, on the audio podcast, um, I hope you will consider joining for a future episode. And uh, you can either email me at uprooted at herohabit.com or you can um, DM me on any social media. and We'll set up a time to have you here. Thanks and for having with that, me. I say uh, good night and have a great time at the reverse boycott. And uh, let's see what happens in the legislature tomorrow. Have a good good night, guys. Good night, Tony. Good night. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for coming. Yeah, enjoyed it.